630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Every empire needs a leader to encourage, energize, and elevate them. We are Eskimos Empire, and this is the Eskimos Coaches Show with our leader, Jason Moss. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering, Canada's largest public automotive and RV auction. Here's Morley Scott with Jason Moss on Eskimos Radio, 630 Chad. Once again to the coaches show 34-16 over the Ottawa Red Blacks Saturday afternoon for the Eskimos. Uh, they scored a touchdown for the first time in a long time. They scored some points in the fourth quarter for the first time in a while. And they won a football game, ending a three-game losing streak. To talk about all that and more, heading into a huge game in BC on Friday night. Uh, we say good evening to the head coach of the Edmonton Eskimos, Jason Moss. How you doing, Jason? Uh, doing great, Morley. Thanks for having me. Uh, first off, uh, uh, just exercising a lot of demons on Saturday. How important was it to win a game, win a game like that, score your touchdown early to end that streak, get some points in the fourth quarter, and just kind of get on a roll again? Yeah, I mean, it was huge. I mean, obviously scoring the touchdown kind of, you know, was, was a relief a little bit in a sense. But uh, just playing good football for four quarters in all three phases um, obviously is what propelled us to that victory. And, you know, I was very proud of the guys for hanging in uh, through a rough, the rough stretch. Uh, I thought the guys came out, played hard, played physical, got after, got after their quarterback. You know, controlled our line of scrimmage, and uh, ultimately, you know, came out with a victory. Was there a bit of a sigh of relief on the sidelines when uh, that first touchdown was scored? Yeah, I mean, I felt <laughs> felt all along pretty confident during the week. I thought we had a good game plan. I thought our guys were ready to play. But no question, I've felt that way the last few weeks too. And to go out there and get a touchdown early and set the tone a bit uh, surely felt good. You talked about controlling the line of scrimmage. I thought that was a key part of it, both offensively and defensively. You you broke through for a lot of sacks. You had some guys in your D-line who played really well, I thought, in the football game. But the O-line shut down Ottawa's uh, D-line. No sacks in the game, uh, which has uh, been an issue the last few games. You made some changes on the O-line. Talk about how they took place and how that helped you become a better offensive line with better protection. Well, I just think ultimately, I, I think our plan was good. I think I thought our guys again played physical. We're stout. Uh, obviously, Tommy moving into left tackle, he was our starter coming out of camp. So you know, it was good to get him back in there. But he hadn't played for 13 weeks, so you know, for him to get back in there and find his groove took a little time. But he, he you know, he did very well. Uh, Matt obviously moving to right guard, where I believe he's an all-star caliber player, and you know where he's comfortable, probably most comfortable. Uh, I thought he just picked where up right where he left off, you know, at the beginning of the year. So, you know, I think that helped solidify our O line. Um, you know, obviously Mike had the time and the, a good pocket for most of the night. Um, and then when something wasn't there, he pulled it down and obviously made something happen. But uh, we limited his hits, which was great. You know, the times he did get hit were in zero blitz, where we can't protect him. Um, you know, and. You know, he made them pay a couple times when they did that. So, you know, it was a good outstanding. It was an outstanding performance up front. I mean, obviously, they opened holes for CJ as well. So, I thought our O line played extremely well. Bond and O'Donnell are huge men. Having them at the guard position does that make you a better run team? Do you think? Well, I mean, yeah, they're just big dudes, and I mean, they push you around and they're physical. So, you know, uh, it does help. But uh, you know, it's a 
cohesive unit. You know, all five guys got to do their jobs in order for that kind of stuff to work. It's never on two guys, but uh, they certainly pull their weight and uh, help it out. Uh, we talked about the O-line. Let's uh, flip it over to the defensive line. You got you got some sacks from, from Alex Bazzi. Almondo Sewell uh, had a strong game. Uh, Kweku Botang with a sack. Jake Serezna, I think, has played a couple of really good back-to-back games. Uh, so has Alex Bazzi. His last two are probably the best two he's played as an Eskimo. Uh, the defensive line stood tall again. Yeah, no, they did. They had... Um... You know, they had a plan going in to attack, and they, they certainly did that. So I thought they were all over the court, all over all night, um, flying around, getting upfield, um, doing their thing. And, you know, obviously it, it led us to, to get them off the field and keep them off the field uh, and limit their, their production and, and point total. So, you know, anytime you can put pressure on a quarterback, obviously your, your defense is going to, you know, a benefit from that. Your whole defense is going to benefit from that. So uh, it was an awesome group effort. Uh, you had a couple of moments uh, that could have been, I guess, classified as, as here we go again moments when uh, when Bryant Mitchell had the ball stripped from him, Duke Williams had the ball stripped from him, and, and they were turnovers. Then the penalty to Travis Bond that took away, I believe, what was going to be a first down. Uh, but it was at that point I thought everybody just said, I'm done with this. Let's just get on and play better football. It seemed that, that after those three things happened, everybody kind of snapped to attention. Yeah, I mean, uh, again, those have been Keeley's Hills of ours for the whole year. I mean, uh, giving up points in the score zone, uh, giving up points on our end because of turnovers, you know, and penalties, you know, negating drives. I mean, uh, you know, that's basically what's been our problem all year. And to have it all happen pretty much in sequence, it was about three or four drives in a row that that happened. So uh, that can get you down. But I think you said it best. I mean, our guys are kind of fed up with that type of play and that affecting our the outcome of games so for, fortunate for us it happened early in the game and we were able to overcome it playing good football in the second half how close was saturday to your best all-round performance of the season well i think it was probably right up there i mean i think all three phases like i said did their part um we we're you know i think we we're as efficient as we've been on offense for as far as the plays we ran the totals and all that stuff as we've been in three years on offense um and then defensively shutting them down, shutting them out in the second half, getting five sacks, limiting their run game. I mean, it was huge, you know, and, uh, you know, special teams. Hugh had a couple of really nice punts. You know, uh, we were 100% field goals. You know, we, we did our job. And uh, I think, again, you know, I think we all fed off of one another. We played for one another. We knew how big of a game it was, and uh, we needed to take care of business. And it was great to, to see the guys come together and get that win. Mike Riley's performance, um, we heard how sick he was, and he talked to us on the post game after how he basically slept in the shower on uh, Thursday night because he was so sick. He didn't uh, show up for the, uh, for the walkthrough on Friday because he was sick, and I know you wanted to keep him away from anybody else to, so he wouldn't get them sick as well. Uh, but for him to miss a walkthrough, a miss a practice, and not come to work on a day, you know he's pretty sick. Uh, it seems to be that the way he played Saturday was one of those games that make players like Mike Riley legendary. No question. I mean, he's a, he's a special player. I think we all know that. Um, I thought that game was about as good as a guy can play with the circumstances he was dealing with. Um, you know, I was very proud of him. Um, you know, he puts a lot of work in and to, to not get a final walkthrough and uh, to go out and play a physical football game the way he played and uh, rushing for as many yards as he rushed for. I mean, all his throws were on point. 
um, accurate. He stood in the pocket strong. I mean, he was he was lights out. I mean, I, again, I, I I think that was probably as good as I, I've seen a performance, and um, was was really excited for him, uh, knowing the pressure that was on him too to to do that. And you know, it doesn't get easier when you're sick and you're not feeling 100 percent. But to be able to block all that out and go out there and perform. You know, obviously, I know he doesn't do it alone, but uh, he did his part, and he did it about as good as you can do it. Was there ever a point in that uh, 24-hour to 48-hour stretch before the game that you thought he might not play? Yeah, I mean, talking to him the day he, when he when the, I got the text the day before and said that he was feeling the way he felt in the morning and hadn't slept since 2:30 and um, was up puking and you know all the other stuff that comes with that when you have got the flu. Um, though, though there was a, definitely a moment when he said, you know, if I feel like this <laughs> game time, I'm not playing. Um, you know, and at that at that time, I mean, you, what you do is you rely on a 17-year vet or eight, well, however many years Kevin's played now. Uh, you know, we brought him in the office, you know, when he came in. we He had no idea. We said, hey, Mike might not play. Let's sit down. Let's go through the reads. Let's make sure you're locked in. And I tell you what. He was as locked in as a quarterback can be. Um, he made me feel very comfortable with the game plan, made me feel confident that if he had to go in there, he was going to perform like Mike did. Um, and it gave our offense a ton of confidence in our walkthrough because he was lights out in our, our walkthrough. So it was a really it was great performance by Kevin the day before. And I, I believe that was one of the reasons our, our offense was as locked in as it was because of that walkthrough and what Kevin did. They all stepped their games up. But obviously I think they all also knew Mike was not feeling 100%, and they all needed to do their part. And I thought, that, like I said, they all did. 13 receptions for Bryant Mitchell, 190 yards and a touchdown. Uh, he's, he had a great afternoon. He has been your leading receiver now in the last four games. Uh, he's a guy that, uh, because he was hurt and because of the, the roster situation, you had trouble getting him into the lineup. Uh, I, I imagine now there's going to be trouble getting him out of the lineup because he's played so well. Yeah, no, Brian's uh, bided his time, uh, been patient with us. Um, you know, he's done his part always when he goes in. He's always ready to play. He's got a great attitude every day he shows up. Uh, you know, and I wouldn't blame him if he was getting a little frustrated, but he never really showed it. And, uh, you know, we we talked to him throughout the whole season last year and this season this year, even when he wasn't playing, to let him know that we we value him and he's an important piece to this. He just had to wait. Um, but I always say when when guys do it that way and are professional and and work as hard as they do when the the limelight's not on them, you can tell, you know, you, you, you root for guys like that. And uh, it's been great to see his progress and his uh, his contribution to our team. It's been fantastic. Does it just take one game to get everything back on track in your mind? I know, obviously, you got to keep working and you got to keep doing the things that you've been working on, but uh, momentum can turn pretty quickly. We saw it, it turn the wrong way quickly over the last three games. Do you feel, are you pretty comfortable right now with where your game is at offensively with your team, I guess, and defensively, too, as you go into the final two? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I think football is a game of momentum. It's a game of confidence, and when you're not playing well and you're not, you know, reaping the benefits of your hard work, you know, it can get frustrating and, uh, and all those things. Um, 
you know, and what I've been thankful for is our team, you know, when the offense hasn't been pulling their weight and the defense has, nobody's pointing fingers, no one's doing any of that. They're all just working hard, putting their heads together, trying to, to come away with a victory. And for everyone to show up this game and now we feel better, the reset button kind of got set. And we know now going into BC that we, we're feeling good and we can win and, um, and it's a must win for us. So it's best to go into a game like that, having some confidence and feeling good about yourselves and understanding that when you put together 60 minutes, it's hard to beat you. And, um, you know, that's, that's, we proved that all year. When we play well, we're tough to beat. The second half on Saturday, uh, I think you got to bring the defense into it too. Uh, you know, there's been so much talk about the scoring in the fourth quarter, but you scored 20 points in the second half, and your defense pitched a shutout. Uh, they have uh, been playing so much better over the last five or six weeks. Yeah, I mean they've been outstanding, and I, I they've been keeping us in these games. I mean, when our offense hasn't been lighting it up, our defense has given us a chance. And two of the last three, three of the last four games in the fourth quarter to win games, and. You know, we haven't won all of them, um, but, you know, our, we've had a chance to do that, and that's because our defense is, has done extremely well, limiting the, the point total on the other side. Um, you know, so that's been huge. Um, when we've turned the ball over, which we've done it 14 times in the last four games, uh, which is ridiculous, but it's a, it's a high total, those games could have been blowouts, but our defense kept us in with just allow, allowing field goals and getting turnovers themselves. So, you know, that's that's been awesome. So if our offense can pull our weight, protect the ball better, uh, score when our defense takes it away, and our defense keeps doing what they're doing, you know, like I said, I, I like our chances a lot. Huge game coming up on Friday in Vancouver against the BC Lions. We'll talk about that uh, coming up in the back half of the show. But first, before we leave Saturday's game a little bit, I want to get your thoughts. Throw out a couple of second-year players at you who both, uh, I thought, had prominent roles in the game. First off, uh, on defense, Arjun Colhoun, who got to start for the first time in a long time, did not look out of place. No, not at all. I mean, that's I've been always... I'm one of Arjun's biggest fans, obviously. I was here when we drafted him and was excited to to be in that draft room when we were watching Arjun and uh, excited when he signed with us. And, you know, the only thing that's limited Arjun is his his inability to stay healthy. I mean, when he's been, when he's had to play, I think he always looks like he fits in. Um, And that's hard to do when you're not in the lineup a lot. When you're in and out of it, it's hard to get even comfortable. So, you know, but anytime he's ever been put into the situation, I think he's always performed and performed well. So, uh, you know, I have high expectations for him. Um, you know, I know the coaches do, and you know, it's just more of him getting the trust of everybody else. And the only way to do that is by getting in there and playing. And so, um, you know, you prepare. You you're, you're part of the group, but until you get your feet wet and playing and and getting on that field, it's hard to to see where you're at. And but I think Arjun doesn't did an extremely good job in this last one. Another second year guy on the offensive side of the ball is uh, is Nate Pahar who uh, had a pretty productive day, made some big catches for you. He hasn't got a lot of receptions this year, but every one of them seems to be big it seems. When you go back and look back, going right back to week one with the, with the two-point convert catch in the game in Winnipeg, he had a couple of big catches for you on Saturday too. Yeah, I mean, I'll always say it about Nate. I mean, the, his biggest contribution to our football team is he's the one receiver on, on our side that the coaches know if we have, if anybody goes down, Nate goes in, and he, we don't miss a beat. Uh, and that tells you something about a second-year player, so how locked in he is to the game plan and understanding everybody's position and concepts and, and all that, and it's not easy. So, 
you know, this week, you know, the position he played when he had his opportunities to make plays, he made them. The big catch on the sidelines that was zero blitz, and you know, they go for a, they go for it, a pick, and he misses it. And Bahar's right there. He ran a great route. Mike put it where it needed to be, and then he turns it into a thirty-yard gain, and he almost scores on another zero blitz where we had dialed up a, a pressure check and and got it into a different play. And Nate knew what to do and came over to the right side and did exactly what he was told to do, coach to do, and, you know, he made the play and got us down there for C.J. to score. And, um, you know, and then late in the game, Duke goes down and he goes and replaces Duke for three plays and gets another catch. We hadn't, he hadn't repped that play, and but he knew exactly what to do. Again, they, they showed a blitz, and he's supposed to do something. He's supposed to adjust to it, and he does perfectly. So, you know, there was some very key plays um, that he was a part of, and he did his job, and... You know that's why we why we love Nate. He's physically capable of doing all those things, but it's mentally that is where he separates himself from everybody. I think. You mentioned Duke going down. Any kind of update you can give us on Duke Williams? Yeah, Duke will be fine. I mean, Duke's Duke. <laughs> Excellent news. All right, uh, Jason, uh, hang tight. We'll come back with more. You're listening to the uh, Coaches Show with Jason Moss for Michener Allen Auctioneering right here on 6:30. Chet. The Eskimos Coaches Show with Moss and Morley. Brought to you by Missioner Allen Auctioneering. We have the selection. You set the price on Eskimos Radio. 630 Chad. We're back with the coach on the Coaches Show here on 630 Chad. Uh, Jason Moss uh, is uh, in his office tonight working, getting set for a Friday night game in Vancouver against the BC Lions. And uh, it's crazy to say this time of the year, Jason, but big game coming up. Uh, you've put yourself in a position where uh, you don't have much room for error down the stretch, but uh, it sure does make it exciting, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you play football games, you know, throughout the season to get to the point where you're going to, you know, be at the end. And, you know, we are here. And we told our guys this week, you know, it's a playoff game for us. It's There's no – our backs are against the wall. There's no room for error whatsoever. So we may as well not even think about the, the anything else but winning this game. So – uh, that's a good thing. I mean, we we control it. We got to go out and do it. So, um, you know, we got to get this victory. BC is uh, much improved from where they were at the start of the season. Uh, what do you see in them as an opponent for this week? I mean, they're they're good uh, all three phases. I mean, they they're physical. They're big. Um, they're athletic. They've got good players. They're well coached. I mean, it's the same old, same old. I mean, that's the way you could say that about every team in our league. The biggest thing for them that I believe is they're finding ways to win. And, um, you know, when they're down eight points with 17 seconds or whatever it was against Hamilton, they found a way to win. You know, they found a way to go into Calgary and get a victory. They, you know, there have been close games this year that they've found ways to, to come out on top. And I know last year they were better than their record indicated, and it was those kind of games that they weren't winning. So they've obviously found a winning formula and, and doing well with that and have confidence. So they've won a lot of games here and down the stretch, and they're very tough to beat at home. So, um, you know, that's going to be our biggest challenge is, they're a great home team, and you know we haven't been a great road team yet. So we got to go out there with our backs against the wall and and find a way. All right, Jason, appreciate your time tonight. Thanks very much. Good luck getting set for the Lions on Friday night. Okay, man. Thank you. All right, that is Eskimos head coach Jason Moss uh, joining us uh, on the coaches show tonight from his office, uh, working the late hours tonight to get set for a huge football game. You heard him. It's a playoff game. Our backs are to the wall. Everything's on the line. 
We'll have it for you Friday night. 8 o'clock is the kickoff. 6 o'clock for the countdown to kickoff right here on the voice of One Empire 630 Chet Eskimos and the BC Lions. After that, it's a bye week for the Eskimos. Then they're home November 3rd to the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. That game could be for a position in the playoffs. Could be for third place. Could be for fourth place. Who knows what's going to happen? You know, I figured it out. Checked all the numbers out. If everything falls the way it could, all four teams in the West could finish at 10 and 8. Tied for second, third, fourth, and fifth. One of them would miss the playoffs. One of them would cross over. Uh, it's going to be a great finish in the CFL. We'll talk to you Friday night from Vancouver. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad.